Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. And coming to you from rural Virginia, I am JP Miller. Guys and girls, welcome to the show. Today's episode is 114. JP, 114, man, like uh, big time. Big time. Uh, we're. I got to tone you back just a little bit because um, you're trying to make us intergalactic. And I'm telling you, we're just worldwide. That's all we are right now. We're just worldwide. We're not quite intergalactic just yet. We, we're going to get there, though. We're we are. Get there. Yeah, you know we are. I mean, we break news every time we're here. Uh, you know, we have the best stars. We have the most elite drivers, tuners, you name it. Uh, we're going to get there for sure. It's just uh, right now, right now, we are only worldwide. We're not intergalactic. Um, I will I, tell I'll you. Accept it. <laughs> you will accept it. Okay. All right. Well. Right, now, we're, right now, we're what we're, right now we are what you call internationally known, nationally recognized, and locally accepted. Um, yeah, we're kind of like Rob Bass. Like we're internationally <laughs> known and we're known to rock the microphone. So we're very, very, very Rod, Rob Bass-ish right now, JP. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, and I, I need to say this though. Uh, we, we missed the episode last week. Or I would say we're, we're a week behind. I, I don't know if everybody missed us, but I certainly missed our listeners, uh, spent, Spent time in Vegas doing the Spring Fling Million, and then also the uh, NHRA national event, the four wide event out there. And it just caught up with us, uh, did not allow us time to record this episode. So I know that we're a week behind, so please forgive us, but we we missed you guys um, as much or if more that you guys missed us because uh, a lot of, a lot of things going on and JP, you've got, uh, you've got a lot going on as well. You've got a big race coming up. It is race week. Uh, hopefully, um, mother nature is trying to give me a stroke right now. I don't, <laughs> I'm hoping this forecast gets better right now. It doesn't look good, but as far as I know, everything is still on. So, if everything goes right and we get a little bit of luck, we will be at Maryland International Raceway for our first event of the year. Um, it'll be the quick 16 race. Uh, shout out to MSR for helping us out on that. And it'll be us and Northeast Outlaw Pro Mods. And they got, uh, I think, Warrior Outlaws. And, of course, they'll have uh, Top ET Footbreak and 
bunch of great racing, bunch of great classes for people. So if you're in the area and you got a top sportsman car, a pro mod, or footbreaker, top ET, or small tire car, come out and hang out with us, man. And it's always a good show. So hopefully we can get this one in this weekend. Well, I'm excited for you because uh, that you're running with your group is running with the Northeast Pro Mod, right? That, that group. So we know that the template, the program, the business model is there. Obviously, the PDRA has just, I mean, they've kicked down that door, right? They've said, this is how the model works. You run Pro Nitrous you, or Pro Mod, whatever. You run some top sportsmen with it, some top dragsters. I mean, listen, they got, how many did they get? They got 72 top sportsman cars or something like that. I mean, that is the model, right? Yeah, it's definitely, it's, they definitely have the model and uh, they are definitely doing it big um, in that regard as far as that's the place to be. That's where everybody wants to race. Uh, I actually would have probably been there myself, but I had some family commitments that I had to take care of. So that's got to come first. So we take care of that and then we get to go race another day. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but I think from that standpoint, you know, having your group there, having the top sportsman cars kind of as, um, you know, as, as the lead up to the Northeast Pro Mod Association. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense and, and it just builds the sport. So, I mean, it's guys like, um, you know, most, if not all of the guys who are on Pro Mod came from the top sportsman world. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's the yeah. natural progression. So, man, it even makes sense from a fan standpoint for them to see kind of what the next step is going to be. Like they go top sportsman, then the top, then the pro mod group. So it makes perfect sense, I think. And uh, boy, what a great, great opportunity for them to have you there. Yeah, it's it's, definitely, it's always great getting to run alongside those guys. Um, I'm hoping in the future to be able to do more with them. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll be able to put all of that together. Uh, so right now we got a couple races in we got three this year and they'll, they'll be at every date if we get all of these done barring any bad weather. So it's always a good time with those guys. They're a great group of people. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, well, we've all are crossing our fingers that the weather is nice for you and everyone there. M I R this upcoming weekend. Uh, but, uh, man, before we get to this weekend, we've got a great show. JP, we've got an unbelievable show. Really, we've got two awesome guests. Uh, one, we've got the most recent winner of your PDRA Elite Top Sportsman Group, Hollywood Donnie Urban. He's awesome. Cannot wait to uh, listen to him and and talk through what he's got going. And then we've got on the other side maybe the slowest dialed car that we've ever had on the show, McNeil Freeman, and he's. He's got a great story as well. So this is uh, really the tale of two ends right here. But, I mean, in terms of E.T., but, man, uh, great stories, uh, great dudes. I cannot wait for you guys to hear them. Uh, so, I mean, let's let's do it. I mean, get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute. Clean the shop. Work on that old heap. But metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on. Get strapped in because here we go. All right.
right, let's make a pass. Let's get these things hot. Let's put it in the water box. JP, we got to talk about some good stuff, man. Like really good stuff that happened this weekend. And I'm talking about the PDRA Elite Top Sportsman bump spot. I mean, the top 16 cars were absolutely on fire. They were all going Mach 3. It was absolutely awesome. The bump spot. Uh, this is your 16th qualifier, JP. It goes 391.9. Not 99.9, 91.9. So what we're really bumping up against is a 380 field. I mean, isn't that amazing? That is absolutely that amazing. Is, that, is, that is definitely amazing. They... Um... They keep getting faster every race. I mean, it's it, like I said, it, it's going to be before you know it in the 380s, uh, just for the top 16. And who would think you could run, you could put up a three second time slip and not make it into, you know, <laughs> right. a field. Right. And I mean, let's just let's just walk through this, and we're going to learn a little bit more about this as we put it in the beam with our guest today. But Buddy Perkinson goes number one. He goes a 373.3. Um and and his his mile per hour says 199.11. Um, Donnie Urban then right there goes 373.8. Um, Glenn Butcher is in there 379. Then uh, Tim Molner been doing it a long time. Another Ohio guy 379.1. So <laughs> Glenn and Tim a thou away from each other. Chris Nigers. 379.4, I mean, right there. I mean, all these 379 cars. And then Brian Laflamme, who, um, you know, has also built a Pro Mod car, but his his bracket car goes 380. So just, I mean, if you're just going to slow it down and take it easy, he goes 380. Um, who else? Jamie Fowler killing it, 383. Dwayne Salance, he goes 385. Henry Underwood doing it at 386. Um, Dan Ferguson, Pro Nitrous Experience, been doing this a long time, goes 386. Same thing with uh, Cheyenne Stanley. He's got the the turbos on there. The uh, man, the the Whistlers. He goes 388. Uh, Thomas Brown. You, I don't know if you know Thomas Brown. He's a Virginia guy as well. JP 390. Yeah, I know, know Thomas. Yeah, so I mean he 390. I mean, like he's 390 qualifying 12th. I mean, come on, man. Like this is <laughs> yeah. it's it's insane. Tim Papp does the same thing. Tim Papp's from uh Charleston, Illinois, area close to my hometown. I you know, actually his body shop is I don't know, it's probably a couple hundred feet from the, the racetrack there. So um been doing it a long time. 390 as well. Uh Bruce Thrift had him on the show, uh goes 390. To qualify 14th, Ooh, Tim Lawrence, 391, gives him 15th. And then Scott Weiss goes 391.9 to claim the bump spot. I mean, that is just yep. fascinatingly fast for a bracket race. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's pretty insane and pretty awesome racing. And, boy, how lucky are we and everybody else that we get to watch it. Oh yeah, it's 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 very very entertaining to watch. Um, and it's just and it's not like that they're just doing this once. I mean, they're out there and basically dialing these things and going dead on and 
it's it's very impressive to be able to go that fast and and to make them repeat that way. It, I mean, it's you're absolutely right. The uh, the fact that they can just dial these things so well. I mean, and I know you know uh, you kind of have a feel for what it's going to run when you. Yeah, or if you don't, man, you're probably in big trouble at this in this day and age. You're probably in big trouble if you don't know exactly what's going to run. But the fact that uh, you know these cars, and in theory, they're probably taking a glance in the other lane at the top end, you know, going 100 and you know 98 miles an hour or 200 miles an hour is just pretty pretty amazing. But I'm I'm excited now. So I mean, the, I guess the hunt is on. I mean, do we think? There's going to be, if the weather's going to be good enough for us at some point to have a 380 field. I mean, that's the question. Really, you know, uh, we have two cars going, The you know, it was the two cars going 390 with a two. And then the 14th car goes 390 with a six. So, I mean, if, if it would have been a 12 car field, you could have got there. Right uh, or sorry, an eleven car field would have been a three eighty eight six. So we're really really close, um, you know. And I would say yeah. that all those three ninety cars with a little bit of help could have been in the eighty nines. So you could have easily qualified fourteen cars in the eighty, you know, eighties. So yeah, we're not that far away. You, um, I know. I, Scott Wise and those guys, they've I know they've been in the 80s before, so they've got it to do it. I think they were fighting a little bit of traction problems. Um, but if they ever get a handle on it, it that that'll, that car will probably go deep in the 80s. Uh, Bruce Stiff as well. I think Tommy Brown could probably do it. So it, it, it it's probably going to happen. I don't know. The warmer it gets, it's probably not going to happen in the heat. But I think we got to – they got another race coming up where it should be halfway decent temperature. So it's a good chance that it can happen. Well, you also have to think about this. So we have, you know, let's call it the bottom five are all uh, a number and a half, right, from each other. They got to be thinking to themselves, I don't want to, I don't want to let up a little bit and not qualify. And, you know, so they got to put the hammer down, the, the probably bottom six or seven guys got to put the hammer down to make sure they don't get just a really fluke, uh, you know, bump and be sitting on the outside. So I think it's going to be really fun watching, you know, watching some of these guys make sure they don't get pushed to the, the regular top sportsman. Although, I mean, no offense to that. I mean, that's, that's great racing, but that's not what these guys are trying to do. Right. No, they're trying to. They're definitely. They definitely want to be in the top sixteen, and it's it's ultra competitive there. And 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 the other side of it is ultra competitive too. I mean, look, you had, you know, is yeah, it's it. There was some, <laughs> there was some cars that have been in elite that were over in the other side at this race. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be a fun year, brother. It's going to be a fun year, and uh, the guys in top sportsmen are throwing down. Now, Remind me, did the guys in Top Dragster uh, pick up the slack a little bit? Because you you called them out a little bit last time, JP. Guys in Top Dragster must have been listening because <laughs> they had an all three second field. Uh, also, they their bump was a was a three ninety eight uh, three ninety eight with a two, and uh, Victor 
Victor Pug, I can't pronounce this. I'm going to butcher this, but Victor Paluga Puglia went 373 with the one at 191 to take the number one spot in the elite. So the elite guys are, are they're, they're coming, they're, they're they're creeping up on it, but they they still got a little bit of work to do. So but technically, so technically, the elite top dragster did outqualify the elite top sportsman by two thou. Is what you're telling me. 373-1 for the top dragster side, 373-3 on the top sportsman side. Yeah. Yeah. So technically they yeah. So technically they outqualified, but the bump was slower. So I mean it's it's uh I mean it's good racing, no matter what it is. And I mean it's the blink of an eye for sure. But uh boy, like a uh, pretty pretty fun when the top sportsman group is going like that. Real fun. Let's put this thing in the beams, guys, girls. On with us now from Selma, North Carolina. He is a former five-day winter series points champion. He is a former two-time IHRA world champ. He's your 2018 elite top sportsman PDRA world champ. And he's your most recent mid-Atlantic showdown PDRA elite top sportsman winner. Please welcome to the show, Hollywood, Donnie Urban. Donnie, what is happening, my man? I'll just wind it down from first day back at work from winning the VMP, man. All is good here. Right. You had a heck of a weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of kick it off. We chased the car a little bit at Galat at the first race but managed the semifinal just got packaged up there um so came back and got back into the car and kind of went back to our roots with the the notes and all from the very beginning and we had some misplaced weight and moved some things around and um so we tested day one at vmp and it went all went smooth and the car was really dynamite from there even with a lot of crazy changing conditions yeah, it was um, it was an interesting weekend from that standpoint, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like it was hot, uh, almost ninety Thursday and Friday, uh, and then we, well, actually Thursday all day, and then we had Q one on Thursday evening. Um, the conditions obviously changed a lot because I go out there and go faster than we've ever been with the car three seventy three, right at two hundred. It displayed 207 on the board, but we know that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's screaming. But 373 in top sportsman trim is just amazing. That's the fastest you've been. Is that was that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So, so this motor I got is uh, Stevie Jackson's last one of his last Pro Nitrous motors when he was running PDRAs and Jeffrey Barker. Um, was running it in David Floyd's grudge car. And then I ended up with it. We went straight from a 484, 665 to 959. Oh, wow. And um, last year we went three, well, we we just showed 375 at the Galat race. Uh, but one of the rounds, it was going to sneak into the 74 range. But this 373 was just out of the blue. Like we were thinking 77 range and Buddy Perkinson's him and John Benoit, you know, they're always right there at the top. And 
a lot of times I linger in, you know, two, three range, but we got a couple number one spots last year. But long story short, I figure in 77, I roll down through there. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> feels kind of spicy. And she pops up 373 with an eight. Uh, but it wasn't long lived for that because Buddy turned up, turned around probably 20 pair later and goes 73 with a three. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's just like our bump was 391, 16 cars. It's amazing. That's that. I mean, that that's amazing. You've been doing, you've been running top sportsman for a long time. I mean, did you ever have in your head that the bump would be, you know, 391? I mean, it's, there's a chance it's going to be 380 at some point this year. I mean, did you even think that was a kind of a possibility when you first started running top sportsman? No. No, honestly, you know, and I never thought I'd really be able to do it because I was the guy on the fence that always wanted to go watch top sportsman, pro mod, pro stock. But I just, you know, just never really had the means and in the way of doing things. And um, dragsters were always the, the, the tool of use, you know, for bracket racing. But in 2012, I traded my TD car for my Cobalt that I ran in, in IHRA. And, man, I just got hooked. It's so, it's so much different. It's it's more work. It's more challenging. They demand more respect, um, but not to be going. I mean, I still can't break the habits that I've got from all the bracket days. I'm in there, you know, deciphering the race, where my guy is going to be at at the 3:30, and if he's not there, you know, and and then I'm down there with a 959, four kits on, ripping the gas, and all the <laughs> stuff I'm not supposed to be doing. <laughs> just crazy going 200 looking out the side window with mirrors <laughs> yeah i think uh, old habits die hard right yeah i just i just can't make my head work with my feet you know I, if i stage <laughs> saying don't rip the gas then i'm gonna be 50 letting go and i <laughs> i just let it rip <laughs> yeah that, that yeah be you gotta be you you gotta be you man that's the that's the whole thing um, yeah, definitely yeah. listening for that. Listening <laughs> for you, uh, trying to rock the hood scoop on the top end because I, I don't think I've ever heard one do it going that fast, but that'll be interesting <laughs> to hear. <laughs> oh, I got I, I, it's just it's crazy, and it's just as crazy in the car. I mean, um, I really wish sometimes, like, I tell all my buddies, I'm like, you need to just make a pass in this thing, and I put a couple in car, like, I put my phone in and recorded a few runs some out the window and some looking at me and and it's just it's just insane i don't know how to compare it to anything because it's just like chaos from the time the break releases all this stuff's happening and and then you're still trying to look at where your guys at but it's very challenging obviously very expensive very um very demanding on preparation um it, it just every little nut and bolt i mean these things have so much power and torque and vibration I mean, we literally go through front to back, top to bottom. That I learned all this from from Barker. Him and I met in the NHRA Top Sportsman class, and I think everyone kind of expected that we'd be, we would be enemies because he was so dominant over there, and I had success other places. And man, he just respected me from day one. I did the same with him, and we we're like we're like best friends now. And he does every tuning on my car all i do is what he tells me to do he does all the between run stuff all the chassis anything he's told me to do i do if i gotta buy it i buy it 
And, um, you know, and then he's learned so much from Stevie Jackson and all of that input is being poured into me, man. And I, I just find it like I make myself be prepared mentally and physically the car way more than I ever did in the past. And I, and my urge to win is way out of way higher than it's ever been. Yeah, that's, that's really, um, great stuff. I mean, you're in that, in that tree family tree, so to speak of, uh, guys that have done it at a very high level and man, like you can't help, but soak all that information in. Right. Yeah. So something funny that, that, that stuck with me for years, I used to do all the, make all the mistakes, you know, in the bracket stuff, but I wasn't one that just went to the trailer and gave up. I went right to the fence and watched everybody and then met so many people. And one of my good buddies, Anthony Bertazzi told me, we were all standing in the crowd one time and this guy asked Anthony, he said, man, how do you get so good to win all that stuff? He said, I hang out with people that win. Yep. And that sticks in my mind every, every time, you know, I'm just thankful that I could absorb even a piece of the stuff of the guys that I watched and admired, you know? Yeah. No, that's a, that's, it's a big part of it is developing correct habits that allow you to get to the the winner circle and man you you've certainly done that. I have to ask you though, you've got this nickname Hollywood uh Donnie Urban. How did how did you get that? How did you how did you get the nickname Hollywood? Well, <laughs> it actually started way back when Casey Spurlock had the Fruit Looms funny car and his nickname was Hollywood and I had a dragster at the time that Barney Squires had painted and and it had all the same colors and that's kind of where it kicked off. And we've, uh, all, all of my good friends have told quite a few stories that were not in that. They said I was in them making movies and, uh, <laughs> and all the latest sunglasses and these things. And the people didn't really have a clue, but what's even more funny than that. Now i now most of the people have demoted me from Hollywood because there's all these other younger killer Hollywoods around. So they just call me wood. Well, we we we, uh, had, <laughs> we actually had um yeah one of your uh I guess you say proteges on the last episode um young man by the name of uh, Chevy Floyd but he said you call him Littlewood <laughs> <laughs> yeah he calls me Old Wood <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah good kid man yeah, good was, race that was good pretty, family yeah that that was pretty cool he's a he's a He's a, he's a he's a good good kid, man. Um, so, how how much did the level of maintenance go up when you got into the you know the three second zone and the nine fifty nines and all of that, as opposed <laughs> to what you had ran before? So that's not even in the same ballpark. It's so crazy. Like my Cobalt, it, I ran no nitrous or anything. It was a Nesbit six thirty two, and we ran it not really on on kill but it was it was the car was super light i went 440s 450s year round in eighth mile it goes 697 o's and literally i'd come back from a run at the time i had a top dragster car and that one i'd come back from a run plug the battery charger in and go ride the golf cart and now <laughs> when you come back you work until they call you again. I mean, we we go up and watch. We have it timed to where we can watch Pro Nitrous and Pro Boost, but then we got to get back, get cars turned around, and 
you know, we have our whole routine checklist stuff that we go through. My buddy Jared, um, Jared Gall, he came from the, the Cup, Winston Cup stuff, building motors and all, and he works for Nesbitt, but he's he's my team guy and his wife and then my wife. And it's just us four, and we all have our own gig. We just get on it, get it done, and the whole time we're communicating back back and forth with Barker and but it's a lot. We go through. We run the valves, the, the the springs. We leak the motor. I cool the trans. I do all the race pack stuff. I email it to Barker. Most of the time, he's at home, kicked back in his recliner, drinking beer, <laughs> watching the live feed. And he's like building these, building these files for me. And he emails them back. And I load them in the car, and we go make a lap. You know. So, it's it's a lot of difference, and it's a lot. I mean, it's. It's basically a pro nitrous car. I just don't have, you know, the other probably quarter million it take for me to step up into pro nitrous on top of what I'm already spending. So, right. um, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. We put rods in every 30 runs. We put the next 30, we put rods and pistons. And then, um, you know, so it's, it's a healthy budget too, but you know, if you stay on it, and you don't have, actually have a failure. It's really, it's really just the maintenance, and and, and of course the money. But if, unless something catastrophic breaks, then it's just work and preparation. So um, you just kind of learn as you go. But I had I have such good people in my corner giving me advice and input that it's made it easier for me to manage um, than it might be for some people. But you can start going into threes, man. It's it's just every different angle thrown at you, track conditions. I mean, the, the slightest little changes we make to the car for the hotter track as the day goes on and vice versa as it cools off. It's, it's, well, you just never quit. Where the old yeah. days, you just, like I say, put the battery charger on it, go for a ride. Right. So you um, do you have, are, are you still eyeing Pro Nitrous? Or have you ever thought about going that route? Or is that just, you'd rather stay in top sports from the league? Well, honestly, I'm a sportsman guy. I love it. You know, I do. I would love to run Pro Nitrous. But the problem is attracting funding for that today is, you know, is very, very hard. Um, as you guys know, you market stuff. And um, I I keep waiting for the phone to ring and say, hey, man, I want you to do this deal. And, I mean, I got the rig, the car, and all the support behind me. But, like I say, I mean, it's. I wouldn't do it unless I could. I knew I could win. And if you're going to go right. out and compete against Halsey and, you know, Franklin and you know, the whole list that goes down, uh, you know, I'd need a quarter million more probably on, above top sportsmen. And who knows if that's enough. Right. Well, you mentioned, yeah, you you mentioned the workload that it uh, takes to go from, you know, let's call it low fours to the, you know, uh, threes and three seconds on your run three seventies. But the question is this, is it worth it when you let go? Absolutely. Yeah. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> I can't explain it. It's, it's just, I've said it for years. It's an incurable disease and you got to hate money to, to do this. <laughs> but uh, my wife and I never had kids. Um, so we didn't have the college funds and all. And she still kind of looks at me goofy rolling her eyes when I got to write somebody a check. It's like, you know, what are you going to do when you're, 
80, 85. And you know, I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out then. But right now we're going racing. <laughs> I like it. I, I like it. Well, you told us about the 959. Uh, tell us about the rest of the car. Okay, so it's it, it's got a great history because it was Ricky Jones's personal um, Camaro that he ran Pro Nitrous and in, in ADRL um, built it for himself, which is always going to have that yeah tag to it. If there is any tricks that they do to them, I know it's in it. The car has been dynamite since day one. Brett Nesbitt had it before me, and he only he just ran the big big dog stuff over here in, on the east and. He had a 632 in it, and they actually went 399 with it with one kit. Um, but it's a big one. I mean, it was a 50 jet. But the car, the point of what I'm getting at is we took it and put my whole 959 stuff in it, and I'm running 370s, and I don't have the things completely neutral. It's not all bound up. There's no preload. There's no negative preload. And it rolls free. And, you know, it just speaks volumes of a good car when you can throw that kind of power to it and not have to put all these other crazy adjustments in it to absorb it. It's a, it's yeah, a great point. Impressive. Yeah, very impressive. And then what type yeah. of uh, what type of training do you run, Donnie, and uh, rear-end gear and stuff? So the car had was – everything was done strange. Um when I got it, uh, it's all of my transmission stuff is all from Jason Cone, Cone Engineering. It's a Turbo 400, titanium bell, you know, lock up, soft lock. I mean, we got dumps. It's got all the tricks in it. Yep. And um, not only that, but it's just, it's really good. Jason's awesome to deal with. He never let, has let me not have what's needed. He's sends a truck to get stuff, sends it, delivers it right back three or four days later. Um, and back to the car. So the car had all strange stuff on it. When I got it from Brett, I'm, like I said, in, the, in a little while ago, I'm the bracket guy that's just going stupid fast now. So I took all the carbon brakes off and put steel on it because I know I'm liable to do something stupid Mm. on the brakes or whatever and i don't want the carbons to you know you'll feel like you have no brake and then it'll lock up and so i did everything strange again but i just put the steel rotors on it and um and then the rear end we had we went to a 10 inch rear rear gear when we went to a lockup but it's all strange ultra stuff 10 inch and then um but the car 69 camaro all carbon loaded with titanium um, I've got it, I've got it heavier than it's ever been, but I also have, you know, a lot of stuff in it really that wasn't needed, but it's nice to have for, you know, we can put a dial in on it. It's things that I've got like I need space. Yeah. Um, sorry. I'm going to just break for, hold that thought. Um, can you guys hear my neighbor revving up his Harley as loud as he can? Man, like this, my neighbor just got a new Harley and he's just letting it rip. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but, uh, my apologies if you can. Um, 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 all right. Well, so, okay. Well, we know that Ricky Smith car, I mean, right. Fairly light Ricky for, Jones. or sorry, Ricky Jones. My my apologies. And then, uh, yeah. but 
but you also had it painted Bud Light blue. So uh, what, what are we doing with that? What are we doing with the color scheme there? Um, <laughs> today or or when when it was painted? Well, I I know that you historically have have uh, you know um, celebrated with a couple cans of Bud Light, but I don't know if that's going to be what you'll do going forward. So help me out with that. Yeah. So I, you know, way back when I started in the eighties or whatever year it was, I started in Bud Light and I've had, you know, various other brands, but my whole gig all along was Bud Light. I always liked the color, this, that, and the other. And just so happens to be that house of colors has a shade of blue. That's super close to that. And, um, so my thing, we used to put them on my t-shirts and all is it was, uh, like say this year would be 2023 wind lights and bud lights tour. And <laughs> that ended when they started advertising some, some things that I don't know how, uh, how, um, how we need to be with this conversation. If it's going to be on air, but I'm just going to say something I didn't believe in. So the first race was this weekend on the wind lights and Miller lights tour. And we got in the winter circle. Well, Hey, I mean, you don't, you don't mess with, you know, the right answer. Right. I mean, if that's the right answer, you don't mess with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think America has spoken. Trust me, all of my friends, Jeremy Creaseman, I can go on with 20, 30 other ones. And I, I, I totally figured I was going to be flooded in my pit area this weekend with, um, pride cans let's just call it <laughs> and uh but, but they let me be as long as i drank their flavor we were all good i don't know what i'm gonna do about the paint i guess it's gonna stay the other color but you know everyone knows it's the miller light tour now yeah well it's a it's a good color regardless and and i'm with you on that like i'm you know i grew up around st louis gateway was my home track right so i've uh I'm not ashamed to say I've had quite a few Bud Lights in my day, but I've changed. Um, recently, I've changed. I found out that Yingling out of Ohio is uh, not only the America's oldest brewery, but so far, I've, my research says that they're the only beer brand that hasn't um, went down a very specific path. Um, I mean, I just I just don't need to know everybody's sexual thoughts and what they do behind closed yeah. doors so so far they're the only one so i'm i'm drinking yingling moving forward is my is my whole point with that so um you know well, and... i'm sorry no, no no that's uh that's it i mean we have, but we all have to make our decisions and and i hope that uh bud light loses a bunch of cash that's what i hope i hope they lose a absolute boatload and i hope they learn their lesson and quit uh you know shoving that crap in our face all the time I never yeah, drank really drink Bud Light. Huh? Yeah. I was saying, I never really drank Bud Light, so I didn't have to. <laughs> I wasn't ever a fan of it anyway. My, <laughs> yeah. But my Very wife is like the business manager at a brewery, so I, I'm kind of a craft beer snob. <laughs> so, yeah, well, yeah, my but, buddy Jared, I was telling you about that works for Nesbitt, does all the motor maintenance for me on the car. He's, he's with me every every pass along with my wife and his wife jody but anyhow he's he's 100 yingling and he drinks some of these other things that are like pure syrup like i don't know <laughs> what they are but i can't drink them 
but yeah. yangling is good. And he actually told me this weekend he, we didn't have it to try, but he said they have yangling has a light. Yes, it's very good too. That's coming. That's coming in the in on the next trip as well. Yeah, the yingling light is pretty good. That's that's kind of my go to at this point from now on. So, um, yeah, try it out and uh, let me know what you think because, um, well, that's that's what I'm going to be rolling with moving forward and and uh, yeah, we just we need to get back to a little bit of sanity and you know we've had we've had this conversation on the show before um, mostly. I don't care what anybody does behind closed doors. I just need, don't need to really know about it. So, um, you know, thanks Bud Light yeah. for having a conversation I didn't want to hear. And, uh, you know, so we all move on. Yeah. Last I heard it was seven, $7 billion loss. And, uh, you know, it's their loss. I mean, this is the only way a lot of us can, t- can put our foot down and say, hey, we've heard enough, man. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I cut you off there, JP. <laughs> Oh no, it's it's all good. I was just I was trying to plug my little local brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who is that? Uh, Blue Mountain Brewery up in Afton, Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have to check that out. JP, that sounds like a perfect sponsor yeah. for the Fast Brackets podcast. Like, what are we what are we doing? Like, let's make this thing happen. I know we got to yeah. make it happen. Well, I, I got to I, yeah, <laughs> there you I, go. I, I have a real good relationship with the business manager there, so we might be able to make something happen. Hey, if, <laughs> hey, JP, if you have to sleep with her, do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, this thing has completely gotten off the rails here, so I'm going to try to roll this thing back in. Donnie, uh, congrats on a heck of a weekend. <clears throat> You're you're strictly PDRA at this point, is that right? So your next event is the next PDRA event, and you're trying to chase that championship. I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah. We, I'm just PDRA straight through and through now. Um, I I don't have any other license anywhere else. I mean, Tommy, Judy, and Tyler, and a bunch that PDRA is just, you know, not only do you go get to run good races, but you know they you get to see all the best of the best. I mean, it's crazy, um, all the different pro, pro classes and the competition that they have all the way down to the juniors. It's just nuts. But, yeah, I'm PDRAs. We're off for four, four or five weeks, kind of get things re, re, you know, cleaned up and maintenance and all ready to go. We go to Norwalk next. And, yes, I, I absolutely, I'm looking, I'm looking for another championship before I get out of my, you know, into my – Older days, I'm pushing towards <laughs> 60. I'm 56 now, but I'm still hanging tough. Uh, yeah, I would I would say that's an understatement, uh, right there. Hanging tough, um, guys, girls. That was the great Hollywood Donnie Urban. If you need it. Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. Like it always is, Ed Harney has been there from the beginning, day one. He has been there supporting this podcast, supporting Drag Race, and supporting you and all your legal needs. DragRaceLawyer.com if you need him. JP, help us out. Take us to the PDRA, the mid 
Atlantic National or Mid-Atlantic Showdown this weekend. PDRA got it done. They had a little bit of a weather, but they got through it. Talk us through the winners and all that action. The PDRA rolled into Virginia Motorsports Park this weekend and uh, once again battling uh, weather, but once again, um, big car count. Uh, I think over 300 entries on the property. Uh, they had 72 top sportsman cars on the property and 63 top drags. So they, they're they're keeping the car count up. Um, hats off to them. Uh, they started everything on a Thursday night again, and they got it all done. Um, like I said, they, they, they basically lost a whole day due to weather, so they had to finish up Sunday. But they got it done, so hats off to the whole PDRA. PDRA crew um, for keeping keeping the nose nose to the grindstone and, and get keeping the track in good condition and getting everything done. Um, we'll start off with a uh, top drags of 32. Let's see, our number one qualifier in top drags of 32 was Frank Falter. He goes four flat at 183.27. Um, they didn't have a bump spot. They were right at uh, I think 46 cars. Uh, but when it all was said and done on Sunday, TG Pascal uses a double Oh nine and runs a four thirty with a six at one fifty four on a four twenty nine dial over Ken bachelor, who was also double Oh nine on the tree. So both these guys were going after it and Ken breaks it out and goes four thirty nine on a four thirty one dial. So, so TG, yeah, TG just going right back. To his, uh, you know, his he's he's gonna put a big like uh, sofa in the winter circle, you know. Just uh, hey, that's my spot. I'm gonna I'm gonna go claim my spot in there. Like my man doing it at a high level and uh, keeping it rolling, keeping it rolling for yeah, sure. He, yeah, TG's definitely definitely a good racer. So he he finds his way to the winter circle quite mm-hmm. often. Moving on to top dragster elite, um, and forgive me for this again, Victor Pug- Puglia was your number one qualifier at 373-1 at 191. We're going to have to get Victor on just so that we can figure out how to pronounce his last name. I mean, we're just, I mean, yeah, that's, that's going to have to happen. <laughs> I keep butchering the man's last name, so I apologize. <laughs> um, but hats off to Victor for taking the number one spot. The bump spot in Elite Top Draxler was 398-2 at 182. So it was all three-second field in the Elite Top Draxler. Um, at the end of the day, it was no stranger to the winner circle himself, Steve Furr. Man. 009 goes 386 at 179 on a 385 dial over our buddy Kellen Farmer, who looks like he missed it a little bit, was 042, uh, went dead five, 387 five at 177 on a 387, but just couldn't couldn't overcome the starting line advantage. So uh, hats off to Steve Furr and good job to Kellen on the runner up. Steve um, or JP, that's Steve's second win in two events. Is that right? I feel like he yeah, won last time. So I, I believe it is. So I know Kellen Farmer uh, you know, put his flag in the ground. He, you know, did the Babe Ruth, called his shot, which we absolutely love, and we know Kellen's capable of it. But Steve Furr, my goodness gracious. I mean, the just winning the first two events, he's uh he he's creating some distance there for the championship right off the bat. Yeah, he's well on his way. So uh 
it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. I would not be surprised to see Kellen in the winner's circle and probably soon. So Very soon. Um, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But uh, impressive from Steve's good start to the season. Yes. De- definitely two heavy hitters right there. Yep. So we move over into uh, top sportsman 32. Um, and there were 56 cars trying for 48 <laughs> spots in this. And uh, interestingly enough, number one qualifier in top sportsman 32 was Barry Daniluk, who went 4.047 at 187.81. Barry's normally an elite, but he got bumped out. Um, he's like the only naturally aspirated car out there. Uh, really really big cubic inch in that deal um runs really fast uh, what is he spot, is, is that an 872 is that what he runs like does he run something uh, that size do you know it's way north of 872 oh okay this is <laughs> this it's like a thousand or, or, or more cubic inches. oh at is one it point i know it was at one point i know it was a thousand cubic inches it, it might be a little bit bigger now <laughs> oh that's awesome that's absolutely awesome <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it's it's a he's got a hole but uh wow so yeah the bump spot was a uh 457 in top jacks of 32 or should i say top jacks of 38 uh at the end of the day it shook out to chad trailer using a 010 light or 10 light at 444 with a two at 150 over Brandon Miller, who went 437 on a 439. So Brandon broke it out and gave Trailer the win. Um, so hats off to Chad Trailer, another one of my buddies, uh, for picking up the win. He's driving uh, the Cox Motorsports, uh, thanks to 63 split with the vet. Pretty mm-hmm. nice car. So Chad's a pretty good racer, been around for a long time. So he picked up the win. So hats off to him. Uh, Brandon Miller's a pretty good racer, too. So he's always a threat to win when he shows up. So hats off to both of those guys for the win and the runner-up in top sportsman 48. Do you think do you think the guy who, like, designed the 63 split window, like, do you think he had any idea how many race cars that that design would, would ultimately create? Because, I mean, there's I a lot of split windows out there, right? Yeah, they are. I mean, that was... At one point, that was the car to have in everything, pro mod to, right. you know, and that's why so many of them out there. I don't know if he was that forward thinking. I would like to think he was. I'd like to think he said, man, this thing will be a cool drag car. Because <laughs> it's pretty much the coolest model Corvette that would ever be, you know, made into a drag car, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah, that, you're probably right from that standpoint, but um, yeah. It's, I, anyway, random thought, JP. Thanks for thanks for playing along. <laughs> oh no, it's all good. <laughs> so moving on to top sportsman elite. No surprise here uh, at the top right. of the sheet. Buddy Parkinson, three seventy three three at one ninety nine eleven. Um, Buddy's kind of always there. Um, they could probably just really put his name on the check and leave it there. Um, but I think he, you know, like he takes it as a source of pride too. Like, hey, listen, you, you guys can. Well, I, we heard it. We heard it from Donnie Urban early. Like Donnie was like, man, I had number one for a second there, but he was like, mm, I think yeah. we better, we be, we better, you know, make sure we we get this back to its rightful <laughs> owner. It's a which is which is kind of fun too. Like, I mean, that's that's fun stuff. 
makes qualifying fun yeah. too. Yeah, it's always fun to see see if anybody can get around them um, and qualifying. Uh, quickest field they've had to date, I believe. Bump spot was a three ninety one nine, like we talked about earlier. So another all three second field in top sportsman elite. Um, hats off to those guys that they are doing it at a high level and and doing it very very fast. Um, when it all shook out, Donnie Urban. Picks up the win over Chris Nitrous Nair. Just uh, Chris couldn't make the call. They had they backfired the hood scoop in the semis, and they just ran out of time to get it fixed. So they gave Donnie the, the win. It probably would have been a good round had they had been able to run. Both cars were running really, really, really well that weekend. So um, hats off to those guys. Uh, hate to see you know Chris and the Swing Motorsports guys have to you know yeah. go through that, but sometimes that's a part of it. So. They'll get it all tuned up and get it back together, and I'm sure they'll be ready to come back out and compete. Right. Um, but yep. really, really strong showing for PDRA once again. Like I said, 72 top sportsman cars total on the property, 63 top dragsters. I mean, you couldn't ask for no better participation in, in, in two classes than that. Um, they continue to be two of the strongest participating classes that they have, so – you know, PDRA has it going on in that regard, and it seems like everybody's lining up over there to run, and that's that's where the toughest competition is right now. So I understand it. What I do like is that people are seeing that the competition is good, and they're not running from it; they're running to it. I do love that. I mean, I I love I love that about all drag racers. That the fact is, like, people are going to the competition, not away from it. I I just. I think it's a cool part of our sport, and it's a cool thing about the people in our sport, JP. That's that's even better. Yeah, yeah. There's guys that are working on cars for this deal, and 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 testing and building cars, and and you know they're showing up. And they're they're trying to they're trying to get a piece of that action. I mean, that's you know that's that's the place to run. That's where that's where people want to run. So that's uh that's good, and it, it, it's good for the sport, and and it's good to have that competitive edge and that fire burning to keep it, you know, to keep it keep it in that lane right right well that was a excellent job of recapping the pdra event this past weekend uh so as far as the listeners concerned um jp said hey i'll cover the pdra i said got it i will cover all the nhra events and then i immediately fell on my face and didn't do jack squat to uh, prepare for this segment, except for what I will tell you is we recently had Mike McBrayer on. Um, he talked about his uh, pro comp association out in the West Coast and how uh, they're getting that going. Well, Mike runs a top dragster as well. It's got the Superman on the, on the side of the car. It's very, very cool. Mike is 70 years old got himself a Wally at Vegas at the four wide nationals in, in top dragster. And I thought that was super cool. And, you know, um, as any one of us would, he put a lot of effort into that thing and uh, showed a lot of emotion in, in the winter circles. Very, very cool. Mike is a great dude. Um, had a blast having him on a couple episodes ago. If you have not heard that episode, go back. I think it's three episodes uh, but Mike McBrayer listened to that one. He was so cool. Uh, 
and he gets it done. So, I mean, a little bit podcast bump for him, I suppose, and gets it done, wins the top dragster national event in Vegas. It was very, very cool to see him and uh, watch him do that after just talking to him, JP. Other than that, I'm not going to report on a dang thing that happened in the NHRA because uh, <laughs> I uh, didn't get it done. So, thanks for picking me up, and uh, guys, I'll try to do better next week. It's all good. You were you were bringing you were bringing win like bets to the world, so you were kind of busy. Yeah, you played full, but yeah, congratulations to Mike and and just for the listeners out there, if you race, people who come on this show tend to win. I'm just saying, I'm telling Mike, you. national event win, Cameron Caruso, first pro stock win after being on the show. It it's happened like that. We give them the podcast karma. That's what happens. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you would think you would think the word would be out by now. I mean, you'd think and people, but you know, whatever. It's uh, we're only worldwide. We're not intergalactic just yet, JP. Whoa! Let's get out of the groove for just one minute and bring on our next guest from Conyers, Georgia, my man is a former IHRA national event winner. He is driving what I think maybe is the most unique bracket car on the planet. Um, He's got the taxi sign out uh, like he's ready for business going down the track. He's just a very cool dude, um, and I'm excited to have him on. Please welcome to the show McNeil Freeman. McNeil, how we doing tonight, man? Man, I am living my best life. I am so happy to be here. I love it. I love it. Well, you said you're living your best life, and I I know that you are. But tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you are you're you're traveling the country, bracket racing. Is that is that the best life? Because it feels like the best life to me. It is the best life. Uh, actually, I'm not too much bracket racing. It's the same thing. What I what I do is the same thing. It's bracket racing. I run stock eliminator. And once you dial the car in, it's just like a bracket race. Right. So, uh, but uh, to travel the country, to be able to race on the, on the West Coast was just phenomenal. I had uh, best one of the best times of my life. Yeah, so was that something you um, had done for the first time? Because that's where we met. We met at the at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. But is that something you had done for the first time, or had you made that tour out there before? No, actually, I I used to work for BP Racing Fields. I had a tractor trailer that that, that I did a setup on manufacturing midway at all the national events. Okay. So I've been to all the national events uh, except one that's in Epping. But I, I raced one of my buddies' cars in Pomona uh, back then in the, in the late, in the, in the, uh, around, around 2000, I guess around 2006 or seven, somewhere, somewhere now. But anyway, it was on my bucket list to race my cars on the West Coast. So December 27th of last year, I turned 75, and I said I'm going to celebrate all year. I love it. I love it. That that sounds like uh, yeah, like that's the bucket list, right? We're gonna do the West Coast swing, and so you said I'm gonna race my car. So this is this is where it gets fun for us. McNeil, tell us about your car. 
I mean, tell us about the car that you took down the track uh, down to Vegas that I got to see. Okay, let me let me tell you guys. That is a senior citizen car. <laughs> the reason I said that is because I don't have to buy seat belts every two years. Basically, all my inspection is a helmet. Okay. As long as I have on long, long as I have on long pants, that could be pajamas and a t-shirt. That's my that's my suit for the race car. The other part of it is, once I go down the track and bring it back, I know you guys haven't been there in my pit, but I just park it and go in the RV and relax. I either go hang out. I don't have to change no tires, check no tires, or, or adjust no valves, put no gas in it. I got a stock tank on it. I put no gas in it. It's just it's just so much fun. Now, if uh, let me tell you about the car, it's an '87 Caprice Fordo. It has a V6 Chevy engine in it that came in from the factory. It has a throttle body, no carburetor, and it's rated at 130 horsepower from the factory. And NHRA rated it at 140 horsepower. So when I was in St. Louis last year, I went 120 under the index. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that or not. Oh, wow. but anyway, they hit me, hit me with horsepower. I got hit with five horsepower. Since the car was so fast last year, they hit me with another four horsepower. So when I got back to the East Coast this past weekend, I have a buddy here, Jim Morrison. I hope he's listening. But I hope he's listening. He's been going number one at divisional races all the time because it paid $200. So this weekend, I was going to give him something to shoot for, and I made a mistake. By three thousandths of a second, I went 130 under the index. If I had went 129 on it, I wouldn't have got horsepower. So I got hit with another nine horsepower this weekend. Oh. But it's not perfect because I can run two classes with the car now. So, so what? 130 what under the index. One thirty under the index is flying, though. I mean, that is that is flying. So, so that's what happened. This, that's what happened this weekend. So I got with the tech director. Uh, we had we had to do a tear down and everything. I, I just second one I did. Back the third one and third one to be exact. I did one in Indy, one in St. Louis, and one at a Silver Dollar Draft with this weekend. So what we came up with, <clears throat> just the car so fast. We're going to put it in U-Stock when I race in the Fort Wide in Charlotte this weekend. U-Stock index is a 1485. V-Stock index is a, is a 1550. But in V-Stock, I have to weigh 3,620 pounds. And in U-Stock, I have to weigh 3,310 pounds. So I actually don't have to do anything to the car except except change the V to a U. And when I get to end there, I'll probably put it back in V stock so I can show out. Okay, yeah, because this year the there's no uh, penalty for running too far right. under the index, right? Yeah. Right. It was, it was the same way last year, too, because I, I usually race in the every year. Okay. So, so I rode around in a bunch of uh, Caprices, 
you know, when I was growing up, like, uh, but I, I just went to soccer practice and that stuff. I mean, that, that sounds like that car is absolutely moving. I would have never guessed anybody would make that into a drag car. So tell me what was the, what was the thought process in that? Cause that, that would have never crossed my mind, sir. Okay. This is the thought process behind that. Uh, the guy that built the car, Bob Shaw, he's in Salina, Kansas, I think it is. I may be mispronouncing the city's name in Kansas. Yep. What he does, what he does, he he goes through NHRA and sees what car he can build ah. that would be that would be quick, right? Mm-hmm. Without having to do a whole lot to it. So he built the car. And, and and like I said, I bought the car in 2006, so he might have built it in probably 2002 or three. Mm-hmm. But he set the he set the rocket at the 1425, and uh, when they were doing rockets and things, it was still on still off the 1550 index. So once he set the rocket at a 1425 with it, NHRA we horse powered him, and he sold the car. Okay. So I was in Bell Rose, Louisiana, and one of my brothers let me drive the station wagon stalker. And I had so much fun with it, I said, man, find me a stalker. <laughs> so what, what, what happened was the guy that he sold it to in North Carolina, he only bought the car because he was building the car. He was building, he was building the stalker, but he needed some grade points. So when he got his car built, he could go race it. Okay. He just bought it for the great, bought it to race for great point. So they found it, and I went and got it. And man, I paid eight thousand dollars for a car I've been racing ever since two thousand and six, and I raced for fifteen years. Didn't do anything to it, anything. Just had fun with it. it sounds like cheating, sir. That sounds like cheating. Yeah, You're supposed to work. <laughs> I mean, all I know is to work on these things endlessly. That's all I know. So when you say you're not working, it sounds like cheating to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I tell you, the, 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 uh, what it what, what it cost me for it to go fast is more than what the car costs. Yeah. The motor that's in the car now costs more than the car did. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. And that's something. Now, that is pretty impressive, but did it come with the taxi cab sign on it, or did you put that on it? Let me give you the history, give you the history <laughs> behind the, the taxi sign. The taxi sign was laying in my shop for some reason, uh, behind my shop, uh, up a car or something, and uh, it was just there. And I had a photo, big photo of Caprice. So I just throw it in the back window, right? <laughs> and so... I started getting a little bit of play with it, but I was at Charlotte, North Carolina at CMAX, and Joe Costello came over, because I had met him before, because I, I hang around national events after the race. I don't go I don't, I don't. go home like most people do. I like to take pictures with the runners, because when you, when you take pictures with the runner, you can't find no happier people than somebody that has, that has won an NHRA national event. They, you can't find no happier people. Than Guys, them. girls, that's life advice right there. That is life <laughs> advice. I mean, man, that is so true. Exactly. You know? Man, that's so true. So, so, so Joe, Joe came up and told me he wanted to do an interview and uh, wanted to ride, ride in the car. 
So what he did, him and his him and his girl, his girl had gotten the back seat of the car with the camera, and we rode for probably twelve, about eight minutes with him interviewing me, and he posted it. It got forty-seven thousand hits on Facebook, and it's been famous ever since. Viral, JP McNeil went viral. <laughs> Not viral. I think you got, you got to have more than 47,000 47, to go viral. But but, but 47,000 hits, I was, you know, it was like, wow. And ever since then, and, you know, it's amazing that you, when, you, when you're racing. For, for an example, when I was in uh, Pomona, and I pulled up in staging lane, and one of my competitors out there, because you know, they, they don't know me, they said, they said who called the cab? <laughs> Somebody called the cab, but it, 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 it was a race car. They thought somebody called the cab. <laughs> that was so funny. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, like we do, we have to have a little bit of fun with this, right? So, I mean, if uh, absolutely, if if the, <laughs> if we, you know, we're gonna race a cab, like let's race a cab. I mean, let's do this. Is <laughs> uh, uh, no better than when they, when that cab? When the taxi turn on the wind, like, I mean, the fans go crazy. Especially, especially when you out running, uh, 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 somebody, somebody like, uh, and I, I, I don't, I don't brag. I'm, 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 I'm kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm kind of, uh, uh low key. But anyway, I ran Justin Lamb in, uh, at Pomona. Sure. Five, five time, five time world champion. But the fans went wild. My wind light came on. <laughs> so you, lo- you loaded up Justin Lamb in a, in a cab. In a cab. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, the people that... Not only that, not, not only that, not, and I love for Allie, I love for Allie Reinhardt to uh, announce for me. When I was in Gainesville a couple of years ago, another world champion I loaded up was... Uh, um. Jeff Strickland. Oh, yeah. World champion. So, 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 Small wallets for classes. Uh-huh. I won class five times at Indy. I won it. I won class at uh, Columbus, Ohio. I won class at Houston, Texas. I won class at uh, St. Louis. I won class at Bell Rose, Louisiana, uh, Gainesville, Florida. And I won the uh, IHRA divisional race in Immokalee, Florida. So the taxi has been super, super good to me, I I knock on wood. So we're trying to get us a trying to get us the big Wally, the national event win this season, right? And I don't like I don't like no one. I'm trying to get some big Wallys for some we're national to, event win. We're trying to get five Wallys this season. Big Wally. Hello, there I mean, you go. There you go. There you go. I like it. I like it. I, I, like, I it. like it. That is that is absolutely awesome. I mean, it, listen, the list of people that have loaded Justin Lamb is pretty small, first Man. of all. So, you better know it. You better know it. Ooh, so yeah, the fact that you did it, it was great. And then uh, had you said you hadn't ran a lot of bracket races, but you were at the Sprinkling Million. So 
Uh, you going to do any more of that stuff this year or just specifically going to stay no, with Anshari? It's not on my schedule. Actually, at the, uh, back when George Howard was doing the million-dollar race, mm-hmm. uh, I paid $100 and won the, won the interest fee back then, and that's what happened at the, at the, spring, at the spring fling in Vegas. They draw my name, threw my name out for the interest fee. That's how I got a chance to run a, cat, a taxi for $400,000. <laughs> now, so I, I got my butt kicked. But I got a chance to run for $400,000, and I also got a chance to run in a $100,000 race. So that was awesome, just to be able to just be able to do that. Is there is there any difference? I mean, you, you've run national events before. You've had Alan Reinhardt call your name. You've had Joe Costello call your name. But you did stage it up for 400 Gur. Did that feel any different? No, no, not, not at all, because I've, I've been doing this over 55 years. Uh, actually, uh, I, I've been to Frank Harley's funny car school, but I, I've driven an alcohol funny car, and I've been to, I've been to uh, a Roy Hills drag racing school, and I got my post-out license from him. So, so I've driven fast cars, and uh, I, I have a, a 27 Ford Roaster that I run in Super Comp. So okay. uh, I, I broke it in the Phoenix. When I was out there, uh, when I was on my West Coast swing. But uh, now, you know, back in the day when I pulled to the line, you would feel some kind of way, especially if you was going, if, especially, if, especially if I was going around. I kind of didn't want to be bothered because I wanted to concentrate and stuff. But then I realized that it taking the, taking the fun away from me. <laughs> I've been doing this forever. I know what to do. I know how to do it. I may not do it all the time. So when I'm out there, I'm having fun, but I'm out there to, I'm out there to win. I'm not, I, if, I, if I wasn't competitive, put it like this, if I wasn't competitive, I wouldn't be racing. Right, right. Absolutely. But you you do try to have some fun with it as well, right? I mean, you, oh, you, absolutely. you do both. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't believe I didn't ask you this when you first came on, but tell us the first trip you ever made down the racetrack. Oh, the first trip I ever made on the racetrack was at Yellow River Drag Strip uh, in Covington, Georgia, so right next to Carnegie's. And that was a popular track back then. Uh, I think that, uh, oh yeah, I had a, a 62 Ford. Galaxy 500 with a 406 with three deuces on it, four speed. And I had got out run by some guys on the street. And when I got to the track, I was spotting them a half a second because I didn't know I could leave on the last yellow light. I believed on the green light. And I was still beating them. <laughs> so at the track, but I, they outran me on the street. So. But the, 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 how, how I got to that point was that uh, my cousin and I, back in the day, he had a he, he, he had a dart and I had the Ford. We was racing on the street, and we said that we was gonna go to the track to race to race the drag at the at the drag strip. Uh, we didn't know anything about that, and so that that we was going on Sunday, and that Saturday morning, his wife called me. And said he had just got killed. A oh. ditch caved in on him on the job, so he got oh, so so. That was my that was like my brother, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I guess after 
him maybe maybe a month later or sometime that year. That's when I did my first race down there. And I and uh, uh, and w- once I did that, my uncle was my uncle built cars, and but he didn't kept driving them. Mm. So I actually started driving his car at the track too. So I'm not uh, be, be honest with you, I'm not sure whether I drove his car down the track first or whether I drove mine down the street. But that's that 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 was the beginning of McNeil Freeman. Oh, well, I tell you what, here, here's what we, JP, what we have to do. We have to, we have to stop the interview right now because if we keep this thing rolling, nobody will want to listen to the Fast Brackets podcast anymore. All they'll want to do is listen to the McNeil Freeman show. And, uh, we, you know, we're trying to keep our jobs here, McNeil. So if you, if you don't mind, maybe we'll just have you come back another day. Uh, no thank you thank you so much for coming on this is good stuff we'll definitely have you back on this was great great stuff but guys girls that was the great mcneil freeman all right as we hit the mile per hour cone jp we've got semi breaking news that we should report on and or comment on and i i'm here for it i am absolutely here for it the midwest drag racing series uh, has announced a new class and i'm i'm pretty fired up about it i'm gonna be honest it's uh they're gonna run it at four events this year it is the 420 index series uh or series uh class that they're running it has nothing to do with a green leafy subject it is just simply an index that they picked out and you know my affinity for index racing i love it and the fact that it is blazing fast a 420 is really cool i mean like we're talking about cars that are you know, not quite pro mod level, but really fast cars. And they're going to be heads up running door handle to door handle down the track and uh, with it with a breakout. It's a pretty cool class, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I'm definitely interested in to watch this one and see how it takes off. Um, I think it's going to be good for them. Uh, I think they'll get a good draw and it ought to be exciting to watch. Um, it may give me some ideas for the future but yeah it's uh it's definitely it's definitely interesting 420 index it's uh never been done before that i know of so it ought to be pretty cool and hats off the midwest for 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 stepping out there in that arena yeah i mean i i what i do know about index racing is that it's fan friendly right so you take a group like the midwest pro mods or drag racing series i i Old habits die hard, right? So uh, Midwest Drag Racing Series. And you want to put butts in the seats. And sometimes it's hard for them to understand how a bracket race works, even if the times are really close to each other, right? Even if we're talking about a 418 dial to a 427 dial, that is still difficult for the fans to understand what happens on the top end and how the reaction times affected the race this is easy. Um, if someone runs a 419 and a 419 comes up on the scoreboard, it's a problem for them, right? Otherwise, it's who gets who their whoever gets there first, and that is easy for the fans to watch. I've been a long time 
uh, trumpeter of the fact that drag racing in general would be much better off if we had more index racing. Uh, I, I understand the mechanics, the logistics, the financials of, of bracket racing. That said, more is better. More is better. We're having a we're watching the Verge series really have some some run. I mean, Jeff Walls has done some great stuff with that Verge. I mean, they're getting a lot of cars for that 470 index yeah. and 450. I think I think they're getting 75 plus cars now. I mean, for their their yeah, events. They're putting on some really, really, really nice events. Um, I've been kind of keeping up with it as I can. They are, yeah, that's a, they they draw a lot of good quality cars and they put on good races. Yeah. Uh, so if he's listening, can you come east a little bit closer? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of people are hollering at Jeff to get him closer to wherever they're at. But uh, um, th- this that says though that proves the concept right so i don't know uh what you know where keith got the idea for this but i absolutely love it um i think it you know um it'd just be really interesting it'd be really interesting to see i'm obviously a big fan um you know but um but anyway i think this is really good news i think um as we get more index classes and as we get fast index classes especially i mean this is this is pretty cool obviously it's going to pull a bunch of top sportsman cars i would think right you would think that there would be some top sportsman like cars that would go hey or is it pro mod guys that go i can't afford to break a bunch of stuff this year so i'm going to slow it down a little bit i mean i, I don't know what the answer is probably a mix of both yeah, I would I would think so, or or you know, and those guys that are like right on the cusp of, you know, moving into the, the faster realm of the top sportsman, or you know, maybe some of the older, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pro mod cars that were quality cars, but they're older cars, maybe they're a little bit heavier cars that are mm-hmm. that are parked right now, and those guys don't have anywhere to race. Maybe this is an option for them, you know, so. Yeah, hopefully they can they can pull some more guys into back into the sport. Right, for sure. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a that's a great call. I mean, if you have a little, little older car and you you don't think I mean Donnie Urban talked about how titanium everything right uh, you know carbon yeah. and titanium. Well, okay. Well, what if you can't or don't want to go that route? Um, you know, is there something that's a you know little better for you? And man, this seems like right up. Right up the alley. I loved the big dog stuff, the 450 index, all that stuff. I, mean, I think that's great, but more better, JP. This is more better. It's faster, and it has to be better, right? So I, I absolutely love it. I love I love the out-of-the-box thinking by Keith Haney and the crew over there. Um, I think they are doing the Lord's work by adding in a fast index class. And, man, I couldn't, I couldn't love it much and much more. And I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm going to keep a very, very close eye on this class. Yeah, I, hats off to all the, everybody over at Midwest, Keith and Ellen and all of them. Uh, I, I'm going to watch it real close, too, because I'm interested to see how this plays out. And I think that they might be on to something. I think there's going to really be a, a market for this. So I'm, I'm, I'm wishing them all the success. JP, I just was thinking, like, if you... If you want to come this way and run that class, I've got some nitrous bottles in my shop right now. We could we can add another kit to your car and you can get there. 
Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know that I can go 420 with this car. I think I can go. Uh, I don't know. We we still trying to get the first kit sorted out. We <laughs> you can go 420. There are two things that are both true. One, you can go 420 with that car, and two, I'm a bad friend for even putting that in your brain. That those are both yeah. things that are true and accurate. The, the it is. You are absolutely not a bad friend because it's a good idea, and I would would definitely be willing to try it. So, <laughs> you Keith, you yeah, heard I'm it. I'm definitely gonna be watching this deal and, and seeing how it goes. So, we'll, Keith we'll, Allen, we'll, you yeah, heard him. Uh, all we need is a parking spot for my man JP, and he's on his way. <laughs> All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane, JP. Let's do it. Take the stripe now. And guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 114. And there it is. There's the wind light, JP. There's the wind light. And you know what happens when we hear the wind light. Gloria, baby. Gloria all day, every day. The sweet, sweet sound. She's that's so good. I don't I don't even know. Like I don't I don't know. Do you think there are people out there that don't know how good Gloria is? I mean, do you think there are people that don't know? They they probably there probably are, but I, I feel like those people are the same people that don't know how good like apple pie is. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So. Right. You you can't reach them, so you can't teach them. (laughs) True words have never been said, brother. Never been said. But hey, uh, regardless of those people, we don't worry about them. We just we are the we talk about the best of the best, the elite, the best in fast brackets podcast. And we had a great week. We had Hollywood Donnie Urban on, amazing. We had uh, Mr. Taxicab Driver McNeil Freeman on. What a great dude that guy was. Like, I mean, both those dudes were pretty impressive, were they not? Awesome guest, man. Um, you got Donnie Irvin at one point going, you know, 370s at 200 miles an hour at a bracket car, and he's talking about, you know, uh, whopping the gas. <laughs> <laughs> and then you All have right. uh, McNeil Freeman in a 14-second uh, a four-door Caprice. Uh, with a taxi cab sign in the back of it that, that runs 130 under the index, apparently. So <laughs> I don't right. even know how you put that together. The 14 second Caprice is too fast for a class that he's running. And it's, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but nevertheless, two awesome guests, uh, right. two, two great interviews, and, and all the luck to those guys in the rest of the season. Yeah, the, the both those dudes were great, and uh, I hope they just keep winning. So we got to bring them back on. That was great stuff, uh, guys, girls. Um, hey, can you do us a huge favor? Can you leave us a review on iTunes and or SoundCloud wherever you listen to this? It helps. I don't know why. I mean, I, JP, do you know why? I I don't know the science behind it, but it does help. And please share the share it with your buddies and, and yeah. Um, you know let everybody hear the show yeah because we're, we're i mean this is the season right we're going to be a lot of windshield time this is a great opportunity to catch up on podcasts like this so share it out and you know with those reviews you can say anything it doesn't matter you can say 
you know, my other cars, a taxi cab, you can, you can say, uh, you know, I change, I change drinking beer. I don't, you know, whatever you want to say, but uh, it doesn't really matter. They just need, the algorithm needs something in there. So we appreciate you making comments and sharing this thing out, uh, especially as we hit the summertime, get on the road and need a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of action when we're listening uh, going down the road. So guys, girls, we hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. Brackets Nation. This is executive producer Chris. Uh, worked real hard on this win light bets thing. And uh, so far, we've got four big events down. And uh, the next one up is uh, TB Promotions 100K race in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, we'll be there May 6th and look forward to seeing you there. Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing.